0: Let's turn in the Bible to Ephesians chapter four. If you need a hard copy, there's some in the middle table here or you can pull it up on your phone. But Ephesians chapter four. And um, last week, the Apostle Paul, he was calling us to walk as new humans. And he wants us to live as these new humans who are becoming more and more of these new humans in relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the one True human in, in his life. We see what full humanity looks like. So Christians are people who look to Jesus to be their center and their standard and their savior. He's he's saving us from everything that robbed us of our, our humanity. And so Christians are people that Jesus is making human again. And if we want to cooperate with what Jesus is doing in us, Paul uh, said, you guys, it's time to lay aside the old and now put on the new. And uh, so if you would, um, please stand with me. We're going to read this together. I'm at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. And I'll start and then wherever you see some, um, oh, NIV? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the New International Version. And then I'm in Ephesians four twenty-five, 25. And uh, I'll start. And wherever you see bold text, uh, if you would, you can read along with me. So here we go. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Let no don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. All right, thanks a lot. You guys can have a seat. Paul just got real specific, didn't he? Like uh, last week, you know, talk about like the new humanity. It's kind of like this big, beautiful picture. But like uh, now, now he's getting specific. What it really looks like. He he has to get specific (coughs) if we're serious about putting on that new humanity that that he's talking about. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of a vague thing hanging up in the air. We don't really know like, what that, that means. And so he gives us five sets of opposites. He gives us five sets of not this, but instead this. And um, it's similar to like if you've read Proverbs, there's like a lot of opposites kind of things. That, two opposite things that are laid alongside of each other. Or like the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, but now I say to you, um, so not this. But instead, this. And um, I've broken this up into five sets. Um, Let's take a look so you can see this for yourself. Um, You can see set one, two, three, four, and five. And as Jesus followers who are learning to put on the new humanity, we are learning how to navigate the this but not this kind of discernment and and wisdom as we walk this out in in our lives. Um, So we're going to take time to walk through these five sets of of opposites. but, But first... I want you to notice that just nestled right in, in the middle of these uh, five sets, there's two other very urgent callings. Uh, one, don't give the devil a place to stand, and two, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You see that part? So this is, this is the only place in Paul's letters where he talks like this, with this kind of extra language. Um, this, this letter to the Ephesians, it's like a set of virtual reality goggles. I don't know if you guys have tried out Oculus Rift or any of those, those things yet, um, uh, it's a trip. But instead of uh, virtual reality, uh, what Paul's doing, he's, he's, he's giving us this letter that expands our vision to recognize that around us is a, is a spiritual reality that we have to account for. It's, it's like we've been given this set of, of, of goggles to see if there's more going on, that there's this very real reality at work around us all the time that we have to account for if we're going to be able to navigate Jesus's new way to be human. If we're going to be able to account for things like what happened on Thursday with the van being stolen to go, you know, there's more at work than just crime or poverty or there's there is a spiritual reality. We have someone at work in the world who doesn't want happening what is happening today. And without that kind of without that understanding of what's going on in the world, we're going to be ill equipped to deal with what it means to follow Jesus. And so as our tour guide in this new reality, Paul doesn't want us to be naive. He wants us to know that there's two spirits at work in every dimension of human existence and especially at work in our relationships. We can cooperate with a spirit who will dehumanize us or we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit who rehumanizes us. And so um, what I want to suggest is that Paul wants us to keep these two spirits in mind when we're thinking about these five sets of opposites. So it would look kind of like this. Uh, Put away falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God and give no opportunity to the devil. In your anger, do not sin. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God and give no opportunity to the devil. No more stealing. Do something useful with your own hands, sharing with those in need. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God and give no opportunity to the devil. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what's helpful for building others up. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God and give no opportunity to the devil. Get rid of all bitterness and malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and give no opportunity to the devil. Do you see that? How how that interplay could work in those different relationships. But 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 it is phrased in a negative way. Um, don't don't grieve the spirit. Don't give the the devil the opportunity. Uh, why 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 does Paul put that in the negative, especially with the Holy Spirit, like. Why, why say don't grieve the Spirit? Why, 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 why didn't he just say, hey, do what makes the Holy Spirit happy? It feels better, but I think Paul knows that um, framing it in a positive way just wouldn't get our attention. We'd go, oh, that sounds great, and then we'd move on. We wouldn't, we wouldn't think about it too much. But when we hear don't grieve the Holy Spirit, it, it like stuns us. It, st- it just stops us in our tracks, and it makes us slow down, and you're like, wait, what? I grieve? I can, I can grieve God's spirit? Yeah, yeah, we can. And Paul is opening up this really tender dimension to reality. We can break Yahweh's heart, you and I, in our everyday lives. When, when we don't walk worthy of the new reality that Jesus has opened up for us, when we give the devil a place to work in our lives, the spirit really grieves this. At, anytime that we've fallen out of step with the Holy Spirit... We, we might sense this relational gap now between us and the spirit. Maybe you felt this before. I, I know we've all felt this in our relationships. When one person is offended, isn't it, isn't it true? You, you can be in the same room with that person and yet you can feel so far from that person. You feel that gap, even if they're inches away from you. You, you, you used to feel synced up with each other, but now it's just this, it's this awkward dance even, especially if you like living in a small apartment with them or something you're not sure like which room is my room I don't you, you be over there I can't I don't want to talk to you right now you be over there and it's, it's uncomfortable you, you used to be close but now there's this relational gap between you the Holy Spirit is a person and persons can have their heart broken and the relationship can suffer we can grieve the Holy Spirit when we fall out of step with God's new way to be human and so um, from time to time, we, we pause during the sermon and um, we just give each other the chance to kind of process this out loud with each other. So um, let's just talk about this a little bit before we go on. Um, when we break the Spirit's heart, a relational gap is created. Um, as, as you sit with that, what do you think about this? How, how, how could knowing that, even though it's negative, how could that negative reality motivate us so that we don't miss out on Jesus's new way to be human? All right, let's talk about that for a little bit in groups of like three or four. All right, go for it. Okay, great. So um, after after we face the negative reality that we can grieve God's Holy Spirit, then that motivates us to get back in step with the Spirit oh so that our, our relationship with God can be restored, that we can close that relational gap. So it's great to start with the negative because it can it can motivate us towards a, a positive relationship with God. And so with each of these five opposites that Paul's laid out for, we can actually frame it positively. Uh, walk in step with the Spirit. Um, try saying that. Walk in step with the Spirit. Paul, Paul uses this word walk before and after this section that, that we've read. And so um, our deeper call in the middle of all this is to walk in step with the Spirit. So um, let's, let's get real specific with Paul about how we, how we walk as new humans humans who are in step with the Holy Spirit. First of all, uh, Paul says it's time to lay aside all falsehood, all lies. Um, Lies really grieve the Spirit because the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Truth um, is about integrity. It's about how well something is holding together. Um, That word integrity, you know, the, the negative picture would be something corroding, something breaking down. Truth is about things holding together like they should. And so to to speak untruth breaks things apart. It corrodes things. It'll corrode a relationship. It'll corrode a business. It'll corrode a family. It just just starts to break things down like a cancer. Paul describes the people to our right and our left as bodily members. We're, We're all members of a body. We're connected. Because in Jesus, this new reality is that you and I, we are now organically connected to each other. And so we're meant to be this unified body. We can't say, oh, this is just my thing that doesn't affect anybody else. That's just not true anymore. What, what we do with the truth is going to affect everybody else. And so new, new humans recognize what I do with the truth. I want it to have a good effect on him, on her, on these people in my life. And so I want to protect our relationship with truthfulness. And so uh, just pause here. Uh, there'll be different ways that the Spirit might be speaking to us this morning, but is there, is there for, for this morning, maybe this one's for you, is, is the Spirit calling you to get back in step with him when it comes to the truth, when it comes to truthfulness? The second thing he says is be angry and do not sin. We'll have to talk about that. How's the, how do those things go together? Be angry and do not sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. There are times when it's good for new humans to be angry. Jesus is, Jesus is our standard. He's our example. He's, he's the center of this whole thing. And on a number of occasions in his life, Jesus, who's the one true human, he got really angry. And yet, he did not sin in his anger. There's a way to do that. There, it is possible for new humans to get angry for the right reason, at the right time, and in the right way. That, that anger can be a fire. Anger can get some stuff done. Anger, you can look around at the brokenness of a neighborhood and you just go, enough. I want to do something about this. This, this is terrible. You can look at a school. You can look at a family. You can look at what's going on in your life. And you can just go, enough. And anger can really get some good stuff done. Where you just go, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm done. Drawing a line in the sand. Let's, let's do something. Um, new, new humans can be angry in the right way. That kind of anger is thumos. Try saying that. Thumos. Thumos. So we already sang in Spanish, and now the Greek words, and now you're trilingual today. Good job. Um, Thumos, Um, and this word describes anger that's sudden, but then it can also suddenly subside. Um, It's like like my electric kettle at home that I use to make make coffee. There's a thermostat in there. The heat can kick on, but at a certain point, there's an internal thing that says, all right, that's enough, and it, it switches off. And it doesn't boil over and there's not a big mess that's created. And that's a picture of us, people who are led by the Holy Spirit, where there's this internal thing on the, in, on the inside, the Spirit saying, all right, that's enough. And, and as soon as the anger can pop up, it can also subside. We are self-controlled. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But then there's another anger that he mentions when he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That is an anger that festers and stews. And it's uh, it's the Greek word orge. Which I like because it sounds like ogre. Try saying that in your best ogre voice. Orge. Orge. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Especially over this section. Because it summons your inner Shrek. Well done. Um, picture, picture yourself as like a sponge that has not been squeezed out. How, how gross are you if you allow the sun to go down and you've just been soaking in all of that gunk in the dark? How how long until you're just filled with mold and bacteria and you're just not even useful anymore? It's just gross. Is um, some of the some of the worst. Uh, it, so he says, don't let the sun go down on your orgay anger. Like don't 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 go let the sun go down where you're festering and stewing and just ah, just it's just marinating in there. Don't go to don't go to sleep on that kind of anger, um, which is helpful to know because some of the worst wedding advice, marriage advice, Sarah and I ever got was, oh, don't go to bed angry. And um, sometimes it's good to go to bed angry, and because uh, because because th- what they're saying is like you know just talk it out, work it out. But um, sometimes you're just not in a good place to work it out, and you just need to go to sleep. And, like, the tomorrow you'll be a better human, you'll be more rational, you'll, you'll be able to, like, think some, from some perspective. If you keep talking about it that night, it, it, you might say something you regret, you're going to make it worse, emotions are flying high. Sometimes you just, you just go to bed angry, and, and it's okay. Um, but what Paul is saying about don't let the sun go down on your anger is don't be that, don't be that sponge I'm seeing some couples in the room connecting and reaching out. So I think this is, this is touching at home. This is okay. All right, good, good. The spirit's talking. Um, But, but Paul's like that, that stewing festering anger, that, that stuff that needs to get squeezed out and dealt with. Don't, don't go to bed on that. That won't be good for you. Then he says, um, well then just pause for a minute here. Is, Is the spirit talking to you in any way when it comes to unresolved anger before we go ahead, maybe that one, maybe that was the one for you when it comes to stepping into Jesus's new way to be human. Then Paul says, don't steal, but instead do something useful with your hands. Share with those who are in need. This is brilliant. So what, what part of your body do you use to steal? Your, your hands. And then what part of your body then becomes instrumental to heal a thieving heart? Same body part. This is brilliant. Um, the same place where wrong was done is the very place where Yahweh wants to bring about redemption in our lives. That, that thrill that we felt of, I, can I get away with this? Can I take this thing? This thing's mine. There's, there's a better thrill that can be created by using our hands to make things for other people. And it's so much more motivating. It's a so much better way to live our lives. The same place where the wrong was done was the same place that God wants to heal us. And and this will be true if, if it, you haven't already experienced this in your walk with Jesus, that as you keep in step with the Spirit, don't be surprised if the Spirit leads you to a familiar place that reminds you of a time or a place when you really blew it. And you're like, oh no, what am I doing here? I, I, I can't be in this neighborhood or in this relationship or in this place or this kind of situation. I know how this goes. But if the Spirit has led you there to that place, what he's doing is he, he's giving you the opportunity to have a different experience than the one that you had before. Hands that used to steal, now they create, now they're generous, now they give. There's a, there's a new and better rush that, that God wants to, to bring about in your life. And then when we respond differently in that situation, that was all too familiar, but now we respond differently, the spirit is like a proud parent inside of us that's saying, you, you see, I'm changing you. I'm making you new. It's the best thing in the world to go, I, that, 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 that situation, that relationship, this is how it used to go. But now the Spirit's making me new. I I didn't do the thing I always did. I didn't fall into the same old rut. It's the best thing in the world. Then Paul says, let no unwholesome talk. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Don't slander, he says. And, And the picture with this word unwholesome is rotten. Um, picture um, the garbage. Picture you went away from a long trip. You forgot to do the dishes or that one dish. And you come home and just everything that's in the atmosphere as soon as you open that door and just, ugh, just that, it's so gross. Um, being an avid coffee drinker means that Sarah is regular a regular victim of my death breath. Um, and if you are a true friend and you, you have been a victim to my death breath, you better tell me. Because you're only a friend if you tell me. Um, if you keep it to yourself and think, uh, he, he doesn't want to know. No, I want to know. Give me a stick of gum or whatever. Like, I know it's a thing in my life. And so if you're friends, tell friends, guys, okay? <laughs> so, um, but, but, but what, what, are we, what are we putting out into the atmosphere? Are we, you know, may, maybe our words got us a laugh, but was, was it a cheap laugh? Was it, was, it a, was it a joke, a word picture, whatever, that is corrosive, that breaks the person down? Are they better off? For what we said or are they worse off? Are we, are we creating divisions in our relationships? Some of us, we know the power of words. We're so good whether written word or spoken word. We know the good that can be done and the damage that can be done with our words. And, and we know. We know what we're doing when we're putting words out into the atmosphere that break things down. Are we, are we putting things out into the atmosphere that create word pictures that maybe it casts somebody else in a poor light? Maybe just you, you, the way you phrase something or a little nugget that you drop in there. Is it, is it something that questions their motives in now in that person's mind? Is, does it, is it creating suspicion and mistrust? What are we putting out into the atmosphere? Is the Spirit calling you to get back in step to uh, words that are going to be led by the Spirit? Words that are going to build people up rather than tear them down. And then lastly, Paul talks about bringing God's character into our relationships. New humans reflect God's character. We treat one another with kindness. We put a, a tender heart on display. We forgive each other. And I love this. As God in Christ forgave you. That, that little word as, it, it, it tells us that new humans on a regular basis, it would be a really good thing for us to look back and reflect on how much God has forgiven us, that, that that's actually going to be fuel uh, for this, this new kind of life. If, if you're in recovery, uh, steps four through 10 are all about taking this moral inventory of your life and then, however you can, making it right with other people. And it would be a, a great practice for all Christians to take a regular moral inventory, but then um, yeah, if God talks to you about somebody else you need to make things right with, sure. But, but also reflecting on how God made it right with us. Because there's things in our moral inventory that we can't do anything about that only God can deal with. And so it would be a great thing to go, God, what, what have you done? How much have you forgiven me? And get specific. I, I wonder if some of us are stuck in bitterness towards somebody who's, who's wounded us. And I, I wonder if the Spirit's way to get us unstuck is for us to do some serious reflection on how much God has forgiven us. Maybe that's the way that this thing is going to get a grip off. It's going to release its grip on on our lives and on our hearts. So truth, anger, hands, words, our character. The, The common link between all these things is relationship. Our broken relationships reveal how we have fallen out of step with God's spirit. The good news is that the spirit is a relational person who has brought us into relationships with other people. And God doesn't just want to work through his spirit. He might want to work through some other people to our left and our right who are going to help us get in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm curious, who who in here comes from a Catholic background? Catholic background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And keep your hand up if you would say that there were at least a few times that you went to confession. You confessed your sins to a priest. Anybody have experience with that? Okay, all right. To confess is to agree with. It's, uh, it's, to own, it's to own up. And it's to say, yep, that happened. I did that. I said that. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. Um, James, the brother of Jesus, tells us, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can feel really crummy about yourself. So you can just wallow in shame and guilt, just really beat yourself up. Is that what he says? What does it say? So that you may what? Be healed. The prayer of a righteous person. And I don't know if you guys remember from last week. Righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? Anybody remember? Good. To be right with God. To be friends with God. Yeah. So um, the, somebody who is friends with God, their prayer is really powerful and effective. James is telling us to regularly own up to the ways that we have not been putting on Jesus' new humanity. And we own up to each other. We confess to each other, which means that we are priests to each other. Throughout the history of the church, Jesus' followers have affirmed the priesthood of all believers. All believers. Ordinary, everyday believers. James tells us to confess our sins to each other. Just brothers and sisters, ordinary people. You don't have to put a title on them or anything. Just if, If they're in the family of God with you, that's somebody you could confess to. Confession is something that ordinary Christ followers can do for one another. And as priests, we can stand in that relational gap that is is between um, someone else and the the spirit. And we can help them to close that gap. We can be a priest to them in that moment. I would love for this community to be a place where we are Jesus followers who are learning how to be priests to each other. I want to be your pastor. I love it but also you guys have gifts and knowledge and understanding and, and, and things that I don't have and relationships with each other that I don't have with you um, where you actually would be a better priest in, from, uh, than me in that situation. You, you would be the best one to, to be the priest. And so if, if we are in this community in any way carrying the, 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 the weight of guilt and shame and regret, if there's any way that we sense that we've tarnished the new humanity, if, if there's any way that we sense that we've grieved the Holy Spirit of Yahweh, if we've given the devil a place to work in our lives, what if we stopped carrying that alone? Because that's one of the things that sometimes being a Protestant, you go, oh, yeah, the Catholics do the confession thing. But I think that's something we're really missing out on. I think that could be a really, it, yeah, it could, it could get really weird and twisted, but it could also be a really beautiful thing. And that's one of those things we might miss out on, um, being non-Catholics in, in, in this group. And what if, we, what if we said, yeah, that's really great. Let's take that one up. What if we confess to each other? James says that's going to be the path to us experiencing healing, is is us confessing to each other. James says a friend of God can pray for us to help us restore our relationship with God. So here's here's how each each of you and I, here's here's how we can be priests and priestesses to each other. And I'm going to keep saying priests because that's just easier to say. But women, I'm not counting you out. It's just, I don't, I'm just going to stumble on my words. Uh, Here's how we can be priests to each other. Um, each of us are going to have a harder time with one of the this, not this statements that's up here. Different ones of these, uh, we would rank it and go, oh yeah, that one is my one. And somebody else would go, oh well, yeah, okay, that, but the other one though, that one's mine. Um, right now, I am going to try to model this for you. I am going to confess to you something that has been a struggle for me. And then you are going to be my priest, my priestess. And um, maybe you don't feel ready to do that. Maybe you don't feel qualified to do that. Get used to that feeling. Because most of the time when someone needs to confess to you, it's going to surprise you. Most of the time they're not going to say, hey, uh, Michael, um, I've really been carrying some stuff. Can I just confess to you right now? You're you're just going to be in the middle of a conversation with them. And then you'll realize, oh, oh, this is a confession that's happening right now. Oh, oh, I guess it's time for me to be a priest. So you say a quick prayer while they're talking, something just under your breath or in your heart, something like this. Come, Holy Spirit, and be be with us. Try, try that. Try saying that. Because as priests, our our hope and our prayer, uh, we're, we're not the we're not the point. We're we are standing in the gap, but we are trying to help connect this person with the living God. And once we've made that connection, our job is done. It, the point wasn't for them to come to us. The point was for us to introduce them to the person that they needed to talk to and to close that gap. <laughs> We want them to experience an authentic encounter with the living God and for their relationship to be restored. So here's my confession. Uh, Last Saturday night, I could not fall asleep. Um, Our apartment building is several decades old. And so you hear all the upstairs kid noise. Uh, Anybody else live in that apartment life right now where you, 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 you hear everything? Yeah. All the upstairs kid noise, running, jumping, crying. Um, I've got two little kids, so I get it, Uh, it's not a big deal. For the most part, Sarah and I just tune out the noise upstairs and just go, yeah, this is what it is, this is where we are. But the upstairs family likes to stay up much later than the Madsen family. Uh, I guess we get up earlier and they stay up later. And last Saturday night, the, the upstairs noise was especially loud, and I couldn't fall asleep. And I just, I just feel like I'm a better human, and I'm a better pastor on Sundays. If I, to you guys, if I've got enough sleep, um, I can get through it. If I, if I, if if not, but I was just really getting frustrated, and so. Um, I knocked on the door upstairs, and uh, mom answered the door, and I probably should have woken up a little bit more. I probably should have practiced my speech a little bit better, what I wanted to say, but I was, I was hoping for some empathy. I thought if I could just lay out, hey, it's late, I can't sleep, um, I've got work in the morning, do you think, maybe for the rest of the night, just some quieter activities that, you know, for the rest of the night. Um, the feedback was not received well from upstairs mom. Um, I'm I'm sure I didn't give the feedback very well either, um, but I definitely put mom on the defensive. You guys make a lot of noise too. I can't believe you're telling me to be quiet in my own home. It just spiraled. It just didn't go well. She closed her door. I went downstairs, and nothing changed. I didn't get the response I was hoping for. The noise continued. It might even have gotten worse, and I didn't sleep well and it took me a long time to fall asleep, and Sarah knows she was right next to me. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> And that, that orgue anger, that festering anger, that, that's been my reality. Um, since that night, I've been carrying a lot of contempt in my heart for um, upstairs mom. Um, if my kids are loud downstairs, it feels like payback. David's doing this thing lately where he loves to scream, and it's just like this ear-piercing volume. Oh, but lately, it's, it's kind of felt like payback. Uh, to, to upstairs mom. Um, it, I'm just like fine. Yeah make all the noise you want David. In, in your face upstairs mom. Um, it's a very real thought I'm thinking. Um, if, if I see her around the complex. And I have a couple times. The, the anger resurfaces. Um, I'm having anger fantasies. About them getting evicted. You know, um, I'm, I'm mad at her. For not responding the way that I had, was hoping for. That's my confession. Um, now, if somebody confesses to you, um, if you, if you've experienced this before, are they following a nice, clean storytelling format like I just did? Probably not. Probably not. You probably have some things to sort through. Um, but would you agree that when somebody opens up to you like this, it's an it's an honor that they shared some, some things like this with you? So that's a really good thing to say in that moment uh, after the, after they've shared. Um, just try saying this. Say, "I'm I'm really honored that you'd be so honest with me." Try saying that. Amen. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, and now, um, slow the moment down and, and then invite Jesus into the moment. You already did with your under the breath prayer. But now with them, acknowledge the fact that, hey, I'm here and you're here, but God's here too. Invite Jesus into the moment. So say something like, hey, can we just take a moment where both of us can listen to God about this situation? So um, why don't you try saying that? And we're going to do just that. Let's pause for 30 seconds. And we're just going to ask God to talk to us about what I just shared with you. Okay? So 30 seconds. All right. And then if you're the one hearing somebody's confession, you you can break the silence once you feel like you've heard from God. Um, you can pause for longer than 30 seconds, and I actually hope you do. Um, but that pause allows you to just kind of take in everything that was just shared. And it also keeps you from just blurting out the first thing that, you, that came to your mind without running those words through a Holy Spirit filter and go, God, is this, what I'm about to say, or what I, I think is happening here, is, is, this what, is this your perspective? Is there anything I should know from you about this? Um, but now that we've paused, repeat after me. No advice, no, advice. no shame. There, there will be a time for advice. Confession is not that time. Uh, that's, that's, that's called repentance. Uh, repentance later as they're trying to work this out, that's where you can, if you have some tips or ideas or you want to introduce them to somebody, great. This is not the time for that. You're trying to give them an encounter with God. So if, but, but maybe you need clarity on something that was said. If you need clarity on something that I said, um, ask me a question. Or if you want to reflect something back to me to acknowledge, like, here's something I heard... Um, make an I wonder statement. Um, something that's like, I, I wonder, you know, uh, what was going on inside of you in that moment. Or I, I wonder what's going on inside of upstairs mom or in the heart of God or whatever. But you, no advice, but you can you can frame it with an I wonder uh, statement. So does anybody have a question or an I wonder statement? Something you want to refl- reflect back to me? Yes, Don. So I guess I'm just not... Clear that mm-hmm. mm. feeling angry? yeah thank you that's a great question i i i feel like um there's sin in there um by wishing ill things for her okay. that wishing that um yeah it just things that feel like payback things that feel like uh, it's not really biblical God's justice. It's just stuff that stuff that would make me feel better. Just kind of an in your face kind of a thing. I'm like, yeah, that's not that's not Holy Spirit driven there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Thanks, Don. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Clarifying question or something? An I wonder statement. So I, I wonder, uh, did you hear? If you're trying to sleep and you heard noises, did they feel like they were negative? Hmm. Um, I or think. Just family yeah. Noises? Yeah, uh, family noises and just, just just things that are would wake me up and I really wanted to go to sleep. But then, if any voice that, that was disturbing for me, it was the stuff that I was thinking, for sure. Because I know you yeah. as a positive person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I question why you wouldn't be going, oh, Saturday night, mm-hmm. doing that family stuff. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet sure isn't that yeah Filling my heart yeah yeah and there's times i do feel that way and but this was not yeah that's yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be that you are going mm-hmm. to put your family life because family life can be a lot right you have i'm sorry almost two or, or no, no no almost two. But i mean you've got the most labor intensive time of your life right now and next year mm-hmm. yeah but anyway so um yeah thank you taylor Cool. So there there'd be oh uh, one more? Mm, uh, something? Here? Here? Yeah. Are you asking for consequences? Is that a bad thing? Or is that you're kind of thinking in your mind? Uh consequences for, for like her? Being yeah. Really like yeah, like a yeah, like a curfew or something. Um yeah, maybe. I'll have to think about that. Is that a sin? I don't think so. Um uh, but definitely my heart in the situation hasn't been good. Okay. Maybe maybe the consequences would be okay, but um well, the consequences I wanted to dole out in the moment wouldn't, wouldn't have been good. Yeah, yeah. Kyle? I wonder if you think she had similar thoughts about you and your family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As yeah. far as like yeah. waking them up in the morning. hmm. I've, I've wondered about that. Like, which, yeah, because she brought that up. Like, you, you guys make noise too. And, I, and then now I'm conscious of it all the time. Like, oh, okay. Did we just wake them up then? Are we bugging them? Mm hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I do want to move forward. This is good stuff, but, but we're just, we're, we're practicing, but this is good. You guys are good <laughs> confession receivers. Well done. You're like, yeah, let's get into it. Good. Um, so, um, so then at this point, um, this is where you allow the Holy Spirit to provide any correction or prompting, not you. The Holy Spirit is the one who's talking to the confessor. And the Holy Spirit, if they hear from God in this moment, it's so much more powerful than you wordsmithing things just right. So they, oh man, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, that, that, can, that can feel good for us. But in the end, then that just makes us the Savior. We're the, we're the fixer versus introducing them to the Holy Spirit. So, um, so so now you pause and you just go, okay, let's, let's listen to God. And in that silence, why don't you just ask, what needs to happen so that I am walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Let's just have one person in the room try saying that to me. Somebody, is it on screen, right? Yeah. Okay, Andy. And <laughs> you can ask God what needs to happen so that you are walking in step with the Spirit. I know that's kind of wordy, so you might want to make that. Maybe, maybe you'll change it up. But um, okay, cool. So let's take thirty seconds, and then I will break the silence. Um, when I feel like God maybe has said something to me. Okay, um, so I, I I think that what God is saying to me about this situation is that um, for me to not uh, have a follow up conversation with her would be pretty cowardly, and that I, I before too much time passes to to, to talk with her again. And um, what that all involves, we'll see. But I, I do want to acknowledge. What she brought up which is hey do we do we wake you guys up maybe early maybe for me it's a lateness thing but maybe for you guys it's an early thing and just to let her know like i want to have a good neighbor relationship with you and that was my heart and let me you know i'm sorry if i didn't say things you know in the best way or whatever but just to try again and not not to just like let that be and uh so i need to be praying for an opportunity to, to talk with her, but that's going to require courage and not, not, not facing this would be the coward's way. And, uh, yeah. So that's what God's saying to me. Um, so if, if, if the person confessing, if they hear the Holy Spirit's voice speaking into their situation, that is so much more effective than your voice. It, uh, some of us love to give advice and some of us give great advice, but actually, who they need to hear from is, is, is God. There's, uh, it's so much more motivating. And then you've just closed the gap between them and God. Um, and you were their priest in that moment. And there's David with the screaming. So, yeah. Um, the last thing that you'll do is pray for the confessor. James says that the prayer of a, of a righteous person, somebody who's friends with God, it's, it's powerful. It's effective. So if there's anything that you heard where you want to pray God's grace or mercy, or courage, or strength, or whatever it was that you heard that you feel like they need, um, just pray for them. And and, uh, James says that if you're friends with God, you are the perfect person to uh, pray for me to be healed, for my relationship with God to be restored. So, um, is there somebody in here, one person, who wouldn't mind standing and praying for me in this situation? Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a priest to me. Thank you very much. And all of you. Um, what if what just happened was normal around here? What, what, what if we regularly helped each other to heal and get back in step with the spirit, wherever there was a relational gap? What if that was just part of our culture? That was just a thing that we did. I'd love to go to that church. I don't know about you. Um, if, if you want that, and if, but if you need a guide, um, all of those confession steps are near the bottom of that, of that sermon discussion guide that's on your seats. So you have all that, uh, have all that there. Because, you know, we gotta, we got to practice. we got to try this out. Sometimes you're like, Wait, what was the next thing? And, but after a while, it becomes second nature and you go, okay, I know how to take care of this person in this situation. But if this is new for you, it's there. Um, now, I, I, one thought you may have had, I don't know, where you're just like, that's it? That's what you're confessing? Um, yeah, I, uh, I have a lot of, lot of juicier stuff I, I could have shared with you. Um, and, and you do too. Uh, but um, that's the thing about confession. In, in this community, if, if we were going to try this out, we, we don't just spill our guts to every single person. Um, this, is a, this is something where you're really opening up your life. And uh, a priest is somebody that you want to you wanna trust, somebody who you can, you, can open, you can take out all this garbage and just dump it out on the floor, and they're going to do good things with it. They're not going to share this with other people. They themselves have some moral authority and, and, and spiritual maturity to be able to take good care of you. So you don't have to do this with everybody in the room. People have to earn the right, and and some of us, some of us, we actually spill our guts too soon with everybody and anybody about what's going on in our lives. And you might want to, you might want to dial that back a little bit and just go, you know, people in this room, uh, the people in my life, they 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 earn the right for me to trust them with some of the intimate things that, that are going on in my life for them to be a priest to me. So I'm not going to spill my guts with everybody, but maybe who do I have at least one person in my life that I know? be my priest do I have one person that I know I could confess to and that that they would be a friend of God and they would help me experience healing okay so yeah there is a lot juicier stuff I could have shared with you but I don't I don't know all of you very well so um if it was just one of you it might have been a different conversation but I just wanted to model that for you guys but um I I hope that was a good experience for you to try that out and practice that and and then you guys are just showing me how awesome a priest you would be with what you shared and, and speaking things back to me so thank you um, as priests, let's, uh, let's give each other a benediction. Let's give each other a good word. Um, let's talk about this in groups of three to four. This is how I'll, we'll wrap up our time um, with this question. How could confessing and praying for each other help us to be a church that's putting on Jesus's new humanity? Or maybe this question sparks more thoughts for you. Um, what would it look like for you to bring confession into your relationships around here?